Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Oftentimes, meaning can creep into events that uh, really weren't meant to be the central meaning of the event, okay? So, for example, we might have more meaning attached to, let's say, peeps and jelly beans than the miracle of Jesus rising from the dead. We don't mean for it to happen, but over time, things can creep in. Or maybe we get so fretted about family traditions and customs, oftentimes things that the very reason why we're getting together a religious celebration or a miraculous event in the life of Christ takes the back seat in our minds and hearts. Meaning can creep in that really is not meant to have the central focus. I think that happens in the church uh, in a very intense way on Good Friday. An unspoken kind of value in the world or in the air on Good Friday is something like you're really bad, you did terrible things, but Jesus is dying for you so you can have a chance to do better. And if you really believed in him dying for you, you wouldn't have done those things, so you better try really hard. That is not anywhere in the gospel or in the 2,000 year tradition of the church. What it comes from is a place in human hearts that feels guilty and shameful about the fact that we want to be better than we are, but we're not. And so we take this shame and guilt and we just try to push through. Here is the authentic meaning of Good Friday. Jesus says simply to you and me, will you let me do this for you? Would you let me suffer both physically, whips, beatings, nails in the hands and feet, suffocations, carrying cross and dying, the suffering emotionally and psychologically being misunderstood, accused, lied about, betrayed, abandoned, ignored? Would you let me enter into all of that? Would you let me do it for you? Would you let me make you someone who is actually blessed and loved this much? Will you let me be one of my favorite titles, Savior? Or will we insist on trying to save ourselves? This past Sunday on Palm Sunday, we heard this passion narrative from the Gospel of Matthew. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they really emphasize the humanity of Christ in a unique way. Right? In, the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's crying out, Father, let this cup pass from me, but still your will be done. But we hear him wrestling. He says on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But on Good Friday, we hear John's Gospel. In John's gospel, tells the same story, but highlighting a different aspect. 
where Jesus, in many ways, is control, is in control of what's going on. They come to arrest him, and he says, I am, the famous Hebrew phrase, and they all fall to the ground and turn their faces. They can't look at God. And he says, get up, who are you looking for? And they say it again, he goes, I'm like, all right. Uh. They arrest him. But while they're arresting him, he says things like, should I not drink the cup that the Father gave me? Like, this is why I came into the world. I'm all in. I'm not wavering at the pain and suffering. In John's gospel, he knows why the Father sent him. He sent him for you. Not all of you, each of you. By name. He continues. He's teaching some. He's instructing. He's educating. He's taking care of his disciple and his mom. I mean, this is anything but just a helpless victim. John's trying to show from the inside out, Jesus is saying yes to all of this. Jesus is transforming this place of pain and suffering and cruelty and power into a place of immense love. One of the clearest signs of this is the very end where it says, in bowing his head, he handed over the spirit. Death didn't even just happen to him. Jesus is saying, now. I give it to you now. Jesus is transforming a place of darkness, meaninglessness, fear, pain, hopelessness, and sin into a place of great love. I choose this. Will you let me do this for you? The gospel has two truths. One's really hard and one's really good news. The really hard one is this. You and I can't fix ourselves. We can't redeem ourselves. We can't save ourselves. We're the ones with the problem. Me and all of you. That's the hard truth. The good truth is God did something about it. He sent his son to suffer and die, not out of regret, not out of begrudgingly, not out of like, I'll show you how good I am, out of great love. And he wouldn't do it if he didn't think you and I were worth it. When we tap into the depth of Jesus' love on this Friday, we see why it's a good Friday. And in a little bit, we will come up and we will reverence the cross. Some of us will bow profoundly. Some will kiss the cross. Some will genuflect. Some will just touch it with your hand. And however you choose to reverence the cross is whatever you would like at this time. But the one thing that gesture cannot mean if it's going to be authentic to the gospel and authentic to Christ is it cannot mean, oh, please don't hate me. Please don't think I'm bad. It cannot have that gesture because that's precisely what the cross is trying to say is, I don't think you're awful. I don't think you're unredeemable. I don't think that I have to do this for you and you're a pain. That cannot mean it. That cannot be what this day means. 
And somewhere meaning crept in where we were bad and maybe if we beat ourselves up enough, we can muster up some sort of goodness and holiness in the world. And I can just imagine Jesus just wanting to like pull his beard out. Being like, I did not suffer to shame you. But out of the fullness of a generous love, I suffered to save you. Because I want to be with you forever. When we let Jesus do this for us, we're not passive. We have to give our consent. We have to, like Mary, say, Thy will be done. But our consent doesn't accomplish it. Our consent receives the gift. And then the rest of our faith is lived in gratitude and praise for the gift on that Friday where the Son of God entered into the world at Christmas, preached, healed, taught, forgave, loved, awakened in people hope again, drawing them all to this day. This was the high point. This was his goal. This was why he came. Not to wag a finger, but to open his arms. Not to have condemning or contempt for us, but compassion. Simply saying to you and me, over and over again, will you let me do this for you? Amen.